This is Moonshine and Scoreboards with Kevin, Landon, and Justin. Hello and welcome to Moonshine and Scoreboards episode 9. I'm your host, Kevin. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Justin and Landon, and we have a jam-packed show this evening, so we're just going to dive right into it. Because I already know how these two guys are doing. After that uh, Tennessee-Alabama game on Saturday, I don't have to ask you guys how we're doing this evening. So I think the best solution is to just rip the Band-Aid off. We spent a lot of time talking about it last week, hyping it up. The three of us believed in the Vols. For 30 minutes, we were looking really smart. And then we found out that football is a 60-minute game. And... Tennessee failed to score in the second half and therefore lost by a score of 34 to 20 in case you were under a rock. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts on that absolute meltdown on Saturday? Well, before we started recording tonight, Landon told us we needed to hold on because he was sitting on the can taking a nice healthy dump. And I feel like that's what Tennessee did in the second half. Tennessee okay. All right. Well, Alabama football game. They just took a big healthy dump or something. I don't. I honestly am absolutely shocked, but I think I have to take some of the blame, guys. I'm here to own up to it, and here's why. I didn't get to watch the first half. I was following the score. Oh shit! I didn't get to see any of the first half. You're the problem. Exactly, and so then. <laughs> When I saw it, it was halftime. We were sitting at a little bar called Enzo's Hideaway in Disney Springs. And How you it doing? Was, it was time to maybe head home. But I was like, you know what? If we drive home, I'm not going to be able to see the second half. And we're about to beat Alabama. I, I no. Think I, oh, no. I think I'd like to find a place to sit down and watch this. So we went over to City Works where there was a healthy Bama contingent, which is similar to a healthy poop. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, I got to sit there and watch them celebrate the second half where Tennessee absolutely did nothing. And that was all I saw of the football game. Okay. If I would have known that, I would have, I wouldn't have invited you on the episode this week. I know it was me. I can't believe you. Hello. You're the problem. It's you. Um, (laughs) You're the problem. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm not a superstitious individual dot 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 except for when it comes to sports yeah when bruce pearl and the volunteers made their run to the elite eight i had a ritual and to this day i still blame myself for them losing that elite eight game because i did not follow through on my ritual. And Jay, you're telling me that you could have just stayed in a amazing place in Disney Springs, Enzo's hideaway. Yeah. Just hang and, out there. And have, just heard, heard about the game through the grapevine and so yeah. victory later. Yeah. We would have won. You bite the bullet. You take one for the team. You take one for the balls. <sighs> I wanted to see it, man. I just wanted to see it. You could have watched it on YouTube I, the next day. I understand, oh buddy. But um, I'm sorry, okay. guys. I will, I will but, tell you this, Justin. You're not all the blame because my wife did the same thing. She was gone the entire first half. 
and she came home at halftime with her two friends while me and one of the friend's husbands and one of my friends was sitting in the basement. We watched the entire first half. The ladies came back, and the balls went to shit. See? And so, oh, my God. Yeah, I haven't, I, I, I haven't slept in the same bed with her since then. You know, I haven't talked, <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't talked to her since then. Oh. Okay, so uh, so that is something uh, that uh, me, Jay, you, uh, the podcasting audience, and I guess you're uh, soon to be hired uh, marriage counselor. We'll be talking about that's uh, that's that's interesting. But uh, Landon, did you do anything at halftime that cursed the ball? No, I didn't do anything. I tried to recreate everything that happened last year. On the third Saturday in October, I went out and bought the exact same beverage, Maker's Mark, that I was drinking when I was watching uh, Tennessee beat Alabama 52-49. to 49. I sat in the exact same spot uh, when I watched Tennessee beat Alabama 52-49. I even tried to make the damn dog stay in the same spot, but, you know, dog's going to be dog, so... And no, no, don't blame the dog on this one. But um, thanks a lot, Zoe. Uh, you bastard. Um, but if we want to blame anything on Tennessee dropping the ball on the road at Tuscaloosa, thirty-four to twenty, I just think we have to tip the cap and say that Alabama was the better team that day. I no. think, no, 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 shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> yes, this is this is what it is. Alabama played the better game. Now, if Tennessee and Alabama played, you know, 10 times out of 10, I don't know if that outcome would have come out the same way. But unfortunately, you don't play a best of 10 series. You only play once. In the SEC, you only play once in the college football series. Um, I think, no, I know Tennessee won the first half, but the second half is where it's mattered. And I know that Tennessee was out coached in the second half. And there were some bone headed decisions made on the coaching staff in the second half. And I, I am not one to say that, like, like I, I, I feel anytime a fan base points towards the officiating, it's like, okay, roll your eyes and groan. I say that saying this, the officiating did not, did not, did not, I said that three times, cost Tennessee the game. But there were some very questionable decisions by the officiating staff, particularly that um, uh, fair catch call, because that right there just swung momentum. And I am a big believer in momentum. And that right there is like after Alabama goes down, scores in two plays, and then immediately um, Tennessee, like, like they – I mean, he didn't even, he, his hand, 
I'm about to lose it. His hand yeah. wasn't even above his freaking kneecap. That's the thing. He just lifted his arms just a little bit. Just a, a, a little bit. It wasn't even close to a fair catch. It wasn't, it wasn't anywhere near a fair catch, and there's nobody. Greg Sankey himself can come down from Birmingham, Alabama, and tell me, Kevin, this is what it is. This is what it says in the rule book. Because it says in the rule book that it's supposed to come above the waist. I've seen it. I read it this weekend. The hands did not come above the waist at all for D. Williams. So yeah. you can't sit there and tell me, oh, well, that was a fair catch. Because it wasn't. It wasn't. And even if that does, you know how many times that happens in a game across the nation where, a play, where the other player will put his hands above his waist? And the, it's not called. It's not called a fair catch. They let the return happen because it was 30 fucking yards away from him. So everybody and their mother knew that it wasn't going to D. Williams. It was going to the other guy. So I don't know how how that was a call. Um, I'm not blaming the officiating. Well, I, well, did blame, <laughs> I did blame the officiating Saturday night. I, I was furious with the officiating Saturday night, but I've. Oh yes, yes, yes. Our uh, our 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 Discord chat was uh, was was very lively uh, Saturday. Uh, but but I I didn't realize this at the time. Apparently, that same fair call call happened, happened twice. Yeah, on the same day. Not well, only in the Tennessee yeah. Alabama game, it happened in the Iowa game too. And not only and did, cost- did, did 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 it uh, did it burn Tennessee? It cost iowa a game yeah. win that is an insane call. i will say Ugh. that the iowa one was a little bit different because the iowa one was the punt and it was the same guy that fielded the punt however his hand didn't go above his waist either and so go. i don't know <laughs> i don't know what i don't know what you know the officiating across the nation got into on saturday what they were thinking I was listening to another podcast and they had said, you know, it's one thing when your fan base complains about the officiating, you know, like you said, Landon, it's kind of like roll your eyes and groan and complain. It's another thing when fans that have no affiliation to either team are saying this is a very poorly officiated game. And there was a, I mean, unless you were wearing crimson and white, you were saying, this is a very poorly officiated game. Can we uh, cross the board? The SEC is just a poorly officiated conference. Yep. Yeah, I have that in my notes, actually. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I Sorry. just I want to know when Greg Sankey is going to get tired of being known as having the worst officials in college football when they make close. them. Uh, when they make them uh, 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 employees and then they make them accountable, but that is not going to happen because then that would make the SEC dot, dot, dot accountable. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. I'd like to it's see a week in and week out for officials. I don't know if maybe. Oh that, my God. Yes. Like, I don't know if maybe that is something that would, would, Hey guys, give me 15 seconds of silence. I'm going to drum my table. Next question. Was uh, my silence was like, enough? I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, but I, I yes, know, Justin. But yeah, Josh, I, 
Yeah, um, I, I got that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, anyway, um, like I, the question I was going to ask is, is this unique to the SEC? I, I think college officiating at large is just not good and not consistent. I mean, and I don't know hey, how you, I don't know how I mean, you think. I think you're right. College officiating as a whole is not very good. I think the SEC though is especially bad. And and there is and that could just be because we primarily watch SEC games. Right. You know, we don't we yeah. don't typically watch Pac twelve games or Big Ten games or anything like that. We're primarily watching SEC games, so we see these guys week in and week out and we see the same just ludicrous calls week in and week out. Yeah. And and I I mean I know that MLB on social media they have the umpire scorecard that they throw out. Not MLB, but there's a bot that does it. That kind of lets you know, you know, hey, these are the calls that the umpires missed. This is the accuracy that they had. This is the calls that they missed that went in favor of Team A, that went in favor of Team B, and, and the percentage that it swung the game. You know, I like that because it holds the officials accountable. You're not, I mean, you don't have anything like that in college football. And the other thing that you don't have is you don't have these guys talking after the game. You you never hear anything about them. The The only accountability in air quotes that you get is when the sec sends a letter on monday morning saying hey yeah we missed that call well that doesn't give us a win you're not going to go back and change the outcome of the game Mm -hmm. and you're not going to go forward and change the officials that you got so why is the use what is the use of of sending that letter if you're not going to fix the problem this is i mean this is a week in and week out issue that these games are being decided not completely decided, but these officials are playing a way bigger portion yeah. of the outcome than they should. Okay, to me, officials, you should not know their names. If you don't know the official's Amen. name, you're they're doing their job. They did their job. When, exactly. But when Ken Williamson's name comes across the board, and I know that fucker, I say, oh, shit, here we go. We're yeah. screwed. The dude's a real estate agent in Tuscaloosa. We're screwed. I mean, but, but, but that's, 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 that's not that guy. Let's, let's just go ahead and, (laughs) and, and put that caveat, but, (laughs) but also, but, but, but also, uh, we're, we're almost close to, uh, to basketball time in Tennessee. Uh, how about TV time, Teddy? I was just about to say, God bless. (laughs) Oh boy. That guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy loves to uh, dance in front of the camera and get his time. I've never understood how he has never been uh, taken to task on the fact that everyone across the league and probably across college basketball knows that guy, and they they I mean, know he likes to make a show of it, and they they know he likes his camera time, and it's like it's been a problem forever, and yet he's out there running around with a whistle in his hand every. You know, every it's week. Angel, it's Angel that Hernandez. is a good question. Yeah, it's Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez, yes, it's and, and, and Joe and, West. It's the yes, same Joe it's West, the same and thing. and and those guys made careers out of this. Like 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 in Major League Baseball, in college basketball, everybody knows that these umpires, these officials, they know that. It, hey, guess what? They're gonna get out there. They're gonna prim. They're gonna prep. They're gonna dance. They're gonna. They're gonna show you uh, their 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 dance, but nobody does anything about it. Why? I 
I wish that I had the answer. And that didn't make any and, sense. <laughs> and there's something else that I wish I had the answer to. On fourth and short, when you have a 6'5", 250-pound behemoth of a quarterback, oh, sweet baby why Christ. are you making fourth and inches, fourth and five, and going In shotgun? Yep, uh-huh. So I know that we said, you know, we can't blame a lot on the officials, and we spent a good eight to ten minutes talking about the officials. <laughs> on the officials, yep, uh-huh. But this, this one wasn't the yes, only part of yes. the game. The, uh-huh. the play calling, you alluded to it earlier, Landon, the play calling in the second half was egregious. And I love Josh Heupel, okay? I want to yep. preface that. I'm a big Josh Heupel guy. I don't think that he should be fired for this. 16-4 and four his... in his last 20 games yeah, with an, I, an Orange Bowl win, with a win over Alabama in his last go-round. Now, granted, not, not, not the most recent go-round against Alabama, but still. And, and I don't Still. think that his job should be under question or Absolutely. anything like that. Absolutely. However, it is fair to say that the play calling in the first half was fantastic. We came out, we threw the ball. Joe Milton looked like Joe Milton that I was talking about on the very first episode. He yep. was balling. He was yep. dropping dimes. He was yep. trucking people. My man was looking for contact yep. to start the game. And the second half, I've, I've never seen it at UCF. I never saw it. I've never seen it here. Josh Heupel just, instead of, he didn't even take his foot off the pedal. He put the damn car in park. <laughs> and Milton didn't, Milton didn't get to throw the ball. I don't think he had a deep ball attempt like he had in the first half that touched under Squirrel White. I don't think he had a pass like that in the second half. It was the screen plays. It was the run up the middle that wasn't working. It was, it was you know, a, a read option that wasn't working. And I, I, it, it's one thing for us to get on here and question it. You know, why are you not going under center? When at the highest level of football, there is a play that is deemed unstoppable. The Philadelphia yes, Eagles yep. run it. Every time they're in the red zone and it has yet to be stopped. So you're telling me that college guys are going to be able to stop it when NFL players can't. I don't think so. I don't think so. You have an offensive line full of seniors. You have a behemoth of a quarterback that has shown the entire game that he's looking to run over people. Let him do that. Instead, you're making him go out of shotgun and making fourth and a half a yard, fourth and five and a half yards. That's what I want to know the answer to. And, you know, the answer that we got today was, or yesterday in his weekly press conference was, oh, well, we got to get the first down. We got to find a way to get the first down. Okay, well, yeah, you do. It's called go under center. You know, I mean, I'm convinced that that Joe Milton doesn't know how, that they haven't taught Joe Milton how to go under center. Because that's the only, that's the only explanation. And, I don't know, watching that, that, infuriated me because mm-hmm. after the Virginia game, we're 0 for 10 on fourth down. Are we aside really? That Virginia, yeah. Aside from that Virginia game, we're Oof. 0 for 10 on fourth down. And we still go for it, and I love the aggressiveness on going for it. I don't want to come on here and say, like, I don't. I want us to be like the Butch Jones offense that never went for it on fourth down. I love the aggressiveness of going for it on fourth down. 
but you have to have the right play call. You have to, you, you, you can't come out here and make it five times more difficult on yourself. And that's what the offense was doing Saturday. Okay. All right. Well, I, I understand everything you're saying and I 100% agree with what you're saying. As soon as I saw them line up when they needed what a yard, half a yard, maybe with that, when I, when I saw them line up in the shotgun, it made me want to run through my front door screaming into the night. But uh, one of my colleagues, Tyler Ivins, uh, talked to Hendon Hooker last year and asked him this exact question. Why do y'all line up in the shotgun when you need one yard in these exact situations? And Hendon answered to Tyler, these are the situations, these are the formations that they are the most comfortable in this uh, this is this is what they want and it's like okay that seems weird even even hearing that but then think back to what happened last week in the Texas A&M Tennessee game we saw Texas A&M's quarterback take a snap under uh, under center uh on a fourth and inches call uh where he was going to hand off to his uh, running back, his center stepped on his leg, and that play was dead on arrival. Yeah. I'm not saying that's right. gonna. I, I'm not gonna say that's what's gonna happen every time, and I'm not gonna say that that's that's what should keep Tennessee from running. You know their big six five, two hundred and fifty quarter, their two hundred and fifty pound quarterback from just you know doing the Tom Brady just fourth and one reach the hell over the pile on on fourth and one to get uh for uh, the first down but at the same time i understand playing to your strengths but at the same time it's like sometimes it's like i mean like sometimes maybe think outside of your uh, comfort zone but 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 i do think that is why we continue to see them go out of the shotgun. And I appreciate that Josh Heupel is playing towards the comfort zone of his players, particularly in Joe, in, in, in Joe, uh, in Joe's instance, because he is getting a lot of hate, which especially this week, I do not understand. There's, there's, there's people calling for his jobs when, when, when Joe was the best offensive player on either side of the ball. In Tuscaloosa. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is an argument that I wanted to get to and an argument that I actually see both sides of the argument. Okay. Joe Milton had the best game of his season and possibly his, I think, aside from the Orange Bowl, the best game of his Tennessee career on Saturday. I would say so. this was better I, than the Orange Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I don't put any of the blame whatsoever on Joe Milton because he can't help the play calling in the second half. That being said, you're, you got two losses now, right? Yep. The college football playoff is pretty much out of the picture. Yep. The SEC championship is pretty much out of the picture. Yep. The New Year's Six Bowl is pretty much out of the picture. 
So yeah. I think that it's safe to say that now the dreams that you had for this season are kind of busted. And on the very first episode of this podcast, Justin and myself talked about it. And I believe, Justin, you had said that there's two outcomes to this season. Number one, this is a better team than last year, and they do better things than last year. This team did. Number two, this becomes a rebuilding year. And I think that now we have to serious. I mean, I see the argument both ways. Yes, Joe has had the best game that he's had at Tennessee, and why would you bench him after that? The point that I see on, on why you would bench him after that is because Joe's not coming back next year. I, you, you don't have Joe, you know, it'd be one thing if Joe was a sophomore and Joe was coming back, or Joe was a junior and he was coming back. And this is still Joe's team. Next year, it's his team. And I don't know, I kind of see the argument of, yes, let Nico get some experience under his belt. Yes, let him take some snaps. That way, next season, on that very first game, it's not the first time he's played a college football game. Number one. Number two, God forbid that Nico, this touted five-star prospect, one of the best prospects to ever come to Tennessee, God forbid he is a bust. What if we don't play him at all this season? He comes in next year and sucks. There's no plan B for next season behind Nico. So I think that if you got him some experience, you got him some playing time this season, and you see, you know, that maybe that, that let's say he does struggle, then you can say, all right, well, we got to hit the portal to at least get a plan B. Because if you remember when Hendon Hooker came, Joe Milton came too, and mm-hmm. you had a plan B. If one was bad, like Joe Milton was, you had plan B with Hendon Hooker. And next year, Nico's it. So, you know, to me. What about Gaston Moore, everybody? Yeah. I mean, I, I can I can 100% see the argument of, yes, play Joe Milton this week against Kentucky and then start Nico when you're back home against UConn. I could see that and let Nico play against UConn, let Nico play again in, in Missouri so he gets the road game checked off the schedule, let Nico play against Georgia so he gets the top 10 team checked off his schedule. The kids going into experience into next season with more experience than you thought that he was going to go into um, at the beginning of this year. I see that argument. I also see the argument of you bench Joe Milton. It's going to mess him up long term. But <laughs> this is going to sound really bad. <laughs> I'm not really interested in the long term. I'm interested in what's what's going to happen at Tennessee in the long term, not so much Joe Milton in the long term. So, I mean, I can, I do see both arguments. Me, I I've been on I've been for Joe. I've been good with Joe. I was very I mean, Joe was my Heisman winner at the beginning of the season. I love Joe, but I would like to see Nico at, at, to start the UConn game. I just want to see what we got because worst case scenario. We have to go out and get a transfer quarterback from the portal. And, and you know, if we're waiting until week one next year, it's too late. So I personally think the only way you do that is if you think Nico is 
ready and gives us the best chance to win. And I trust Josh Heupel to make that choice. The reason I say that is you've got a lot of seniors on this team that have worked really hard to build the program back. And it's not fair to them to potentially just write off the season if Nico, because Nico's going to have growing pains. And Nico, Nico's got to learn. And you're right, he does need to get this experience. And it would be better if he did it where there was nothing on the line. Like like you said, we've already potentially lost all the, the big prizes for this season. But as a Tennessee fan, there's a lot of fans who all they really care about is winning. If Joe Milton gives you the best chance to win, you win and you continue to win right now. If Joe Milton can if Joe Milton can get you to a let's say ten and three season with a bowl game, then you continue to do that. The other thing you want to avoid is Nico going out and really falling on his face and all of a sudden he's questioning himself and all the hype and everything that brought him to Tennessee. I don't know. I I could see like best case scenario we're blowing out UConn 50 to nothing at halftime and he gets a whole half. And then maybe we get to do that for Vanderbilt too. And then who knows what happens in the, you know, Missouri game or whatever, you know, you never know. But I I personally, if I'm Josh Heupel, I'm thinking, no, this is Joe's team. This is Joe's year. Like you said, he's coming off. I, I don't think it's the best game. I'd call it the best half he's played at Tennessee. Then you continue to build on that and hopefully win right now. Because right now, 10-2 and two in the regular season is still on the table. But I don't know that it will be if you just go to Nico. Right. That's, so- that's what I Mm-hmm. What if we drop the Missouri game? Now you're looking at nine and three. Do you think that you would 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 you feel better about going to Nico? Let's say we drop Missouri and we drop Georgia. No, would you well, feel better no. about going to Nico for Vanderbilt? Oh sure, yeah. At that point, maybe. But I but I do feel like no, no. Landon says no, no, no. I I say no because I mean like. You have to remember where this Tennessee football program has been. It's like, and I think that's the thing. It's like, I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's like last year was incredible, but I think last year has kind of spoiled a lot of Tennessee fans. Oh, yeah. Remember where we've been. We have been wandering through the desert. Like, like this is, this is like Moses, like, 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 like wandering us through through you know hell and creation like like we suffered through uh through the season of lane kiffin we suffered through uh the uh the laughability of Derek dooley and his pants we suffered through brick by brick of butch jones we suffered through the chick-fil-a bags or excuse me the mcdonald bags more accurately with uh coach cornbread but we finally have a football coach and our if you're telling me that we're gonna finish this season eight and four okay yeah yeah it's a step down from last season with 10 and two but guess what like last season they they highly like like they 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 went above expectations and 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 if you're telling me that in the first three seasons, what what um, Josh Heupel has in his first season, seven wins, ten wins, 
eight wins. I am all about that. Give me that. Yeah. And Give I, me that and twice on Sunday. Yeah, and I think I'm that's where I am too, really. I just like thinking about the possibility of the final game, you know, depending on where the team is at this season and and how things are going, maybe you get Nico sometime, but yeah, I I'm I'm more I am more on the side of you let Joe ride this thing out and, and let him yes take mm-hmm. us wherever he takes us. And 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 and, and I, that's 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 what I'm getting at. Barring an injury and the only way I want to see Nico on the field is kind of what was, what Jay was talking about. If we see a big blowout in the Yukon game, in the uh, in the Vandy game, maybe in the bowl game too, where where Tennessee just goes out there and maybe we see that Tennessee offense that we thought we were going to see coming into this year, but I don't know if we're actually going to see it. Oh, for 30 minutes. (laughs) Did we see it for 30 minutes? Because I got like, like go going back to the Alabama game. I like, like, honestly, I think that was what cost us the game. It was the fact that we can't, we, we can't cash in when we get into the red zone where we're all about kicking field goals instead of touchdowns. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's true. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, but like I said, <laughs> you guys, I, I do see both sides of the argument. Hold on. Um, hold on. But, but, but like, I like, like, like this is still Joe's team, but I do want to see Nico get some time, but I don't want to see it be at the extent of this team because there is still some high marks. This team can still get. And this high mark that this team can still get is big for recruiting. And this and, and Josh Heupel and his team are still using this team and the future of this team to recruit with. I mean, look at Josh, or look, look at Jalen Hyatt, look at Cedric Tillman, look at uh, Hinden Hooker, look at uh, Byron uh, Young. They're all working. In the NFL, with the exception of Hendon Hooker, who's uh, healing up. We love you, Hendo. Um, but anytime you get a highly drafted player into the NFL, you can point to that and say, hey, you come to Tennessee, you do your work, you put in the time here, we can put you on Sundays. We can put you on Thursday nights, God forbid, more importantly, we can put you on Monday night freaking football because that's what we do. We're the University of Tennessee. And yeah. and and if if they turn over the team to Nico, I understand they want to look to the future. I'm afraid that they're going to lose part of the locker room because Joe has been there for, what, three years at this point? I'm afraid that if they were to turn over the locker room to Joe, it would be one of those instances where they would kind of be saying we're giving up on the season. That's, that's the big point that makes, that makes it, you know, risky for me is if you lose the locker room. Yep. That being said, we're going to end up seeing what happens with the quarterback scenario. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be resolved on Saturday. I'm pretty sure Joe Milton's going to be playing against Kentucky. Uh, it better be, <laughs> but but we're gonna see what happens going forward. Um, 
I do want to ask you guys real quick because we've spent a good amount of time talking about this game. Um, and that, strangely enough, there was other football on Saturday. Uh, I don't think there was, uh, <laughs> buddy. No. Um, what do we think? We do this check-in after every game or after every loss, I suppose. The ceiling and the floor. What, what do we think the ceiling is of this team? And what do we think the floor is? Uh, I want Justin to go first. What do you think the ceiling is as far as like the record and 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 we're getting close to bowl games, so where where do you just a little guess on what bowl game you might be going to? I still legitimately think the ceiling is ten and two. I I mean, especially pending Brock Bauer and what's happening with him. Um, the the Georgia game's a home game, and we have shown that we play above our heads at, in home games even this year with the with when the when the crowd gets kneeling loud something happens and uh, this team can find a way to win so I'm not writing that game off yet I, I know Georgia is going to be the best team the most complete team that we play all year but I think that in in flashes we have showed that we have the skills and abilities to play with just about anybody and you know so Barring injury or anything crazy, I still think the ceiling's ten and two, I, and I think honestly, I, I think the floor is eight and four. I, I, I think it's just, I think the Missouri's a swing game. It's a road game. Who knows what's going to happen? We we have not played a complete game against a good team on the road. I still don't give any respect to Kentucky. Sorry, Kentucky, you're not a team. Um, <laughs> so I, I see UConn, Kentucky, Vanderbilt as wins. Missouri, Georgia are the Missouri's kind of a toss up in my mind. Georgia is more like a seventy five twenty five, but so you're telling me there's a chance? There's absolutely a right. chance that we go ten and two. Okay, uh, Landon, what, what's your ceiling? What's your floor? I mean, you have I think... to look at this. You have to look at this Tennessee football team with this realization. They have had two maybe two and a half quarters of bad football this entire season, and that is what led them to a 5-2 and two record. Past that, I mean, with this defense, maybe they could go toe-to-toe with anybody. So much like Jay, I'm going to say their ceiling is 10-2. and two. I don't know what that Georgia game is going to look like when uh, the uh, two-time defending champions, the Georgia Bulldoggies, coming to Neyland looks like. It's going to be a hell of a game, I hope, I think. Um, but I also think 8-4 uh, and four is also on the table because much like Jay, Missouri, that is a surprising team with what a drink, or excuse me, coach drink is doing out there in the <clears throat> the far west of the SEC East is doing uh, with his team. You got to give the tip of the cap to him so far. Uh, his uh, record, or his record is very stacked. Uh, the teams he has faced, not so vaunted, but at the same time, you can only beat the teams that are on your record. But uh, we'll see 
what happens. How about you, Kevin? I, thank you. I was waiting for somebody to see me off. That's uh, <laughs> what I we do think, here, buddy. That's what we do. I think 10 and 2 is the ceiling. I do. Um, I'm, I'm questionable to say 9 and 3 is the ceiling. Uh, but I will say 10 and 2 is the ceiling. I'll say the floor is uh, 7 and 5. Um, the only reason I say 7 and 5 is this. Tennessee hasn't won... I think they're 0 and 5 in their last SEC road games. And the difference, this is a big point for me, is the difference in this loss and the Florida loss is the Florida loss, you came home the next week to play UTSA. This week, you're going on the road to play Kentucky, who's pissed off after you beat the shit out of him in Neyland last year. Oh, who, who doesn't like you guys? As it is. I, know, I know Justin doesn't care. Oh, Jay. I know, I know, yeah, he's like, Justin, whatever. Whatever. Justin, just pay it on them. Yeah. He's like, he's like, they're ready for basketball season. <laughs> yeah. Not, not only that, Jay's peeing on them while, while, while he's singing the, the spooky Rocky Top uh, song on them. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, do I think that we're going to lose to Kentucky? No, I don't. Would I be shocked to see it happen? No, I would not. That's all I'm saying. So I'll say seven and four is the seven and five is the floor. With it. Seven and four is the five. Seven and four is the five. Uh, seven and five is the floor with the trip to the Liberty Bowl. Uh, getting out there, um, which would be a real shot to the Nads. Um, but like I said, there was other football being played. I'm gonna go real quick. The Ohio State Penn State game. Uh, Ohio State wins that one, forty to twelve or twenty to twelve. Sorry, twenty to twelve. Um, my <laughs> big takeaway from this game is that Ohio State is actually really good. I know I poo pooed oh, on Ohio you State. Hear that, guys? There yeah, you go. Yep. Yep, I know I poo-pooed on Ohio State all season. They're, good job, I, the really Ohio good. State. Yeah, they, I think they are really good because they won this without their starting quarterback, cornerback. They won this with the limited Emeka Egbuka. Egbuka, I think that's how you say his last name. Also, and, good job on you for almost maybe pronouncing that correctly. I try, man, I try. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and no Travion Henderson. Their best running back didn't play. So, I mean, granted, they have, in the words of the great Gus Johnson, Maserati Marv. Uh, but <laughs> Gus Johnson's the best. Golly, I heard that about 20 times on Saturday. I was like, please stop. Um, but I, I do think that Ohio State is really good. I think Penn State's good, too. I think both these teams are top 10 teams. Um, but I, I think Ohio State's the real deal. Uh, Notre Dame broke USC. Shout out to the Irish. They broke USC. Holy, USC. yeah. Speaking of UFC, or USC, not UFC, USC, holy smokes, they have fallen off the face of the earth. What is going on over there? Like, like not, yeah, not only are they just, like, out of the playoff contention, uh, your boy, what's his name, uh, uh, um, uh, Heisman, Heisman face, um, uh, is, 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 yeah, Caleb Williams is no longer even even in in the conversation. Yeah, so it was funny. Emmanuel Aucho, uh, on I believe he was on ESPN. Oh, yeah. Aucho was Inco. Oh, yeah. we're yeah. getting into this. We're getting into yeah. this. Okay. He, All right. he he tweeted out that he thinks that Caleb Williams should sit out the rest of the season because the college football playoffs done. The Heisman hopes are done. Uh, 
your conference championships done, and my man got roasted Rightfully on so. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. He's been yep. destroyed <laughs> before. Um, well, I, I will. I, I I will continue the roast here because uh, that's 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 a trash take, and and I know Emmanuel Ocho actually played football and and got paid for it. So who am I to say anything regarding football compared to him? But at the same time, it's like um, uh, Caleb Williams still has a lot to prove because I think I saw his stats against top twenty five teams, and it's something like. Four and seven, yeah, which I mean, he's dropping in the. He, there's a lot of conversation that he might not go number one in the draft. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like like for somebody who was the slam dunk number one consensus, lock it up, Landon Lock of the Week, uh, going into the draft. Um, he needs to do some work to uh, get that moon so to speak. So I don't know where Emmanuel Ocho is uh, getting his yeah. <laughs> uh, thinking on that one. Yeah, that was a, it was a dumb take, but um, USC lost 34 to 32. In uh, our podcast news, we like to keep the, the spotlight on Cam Rising in the Utah section whenever we talk is about Is he Utah ever going to play again? He is out for the season. <laughs> Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. All right. Put it to rest, Justin. He's done. We don't have on the pub dub segment. We don't have to say, oh, well, if Cam Rising plays, no, Cam Rising is done. Medical red shirting. Um, should be back next year. Uh, but, um, yes, no Cam Rising for Utah going forward. Justin, uh, a vicarious fan of an undefeated team still. Florida State wins 38 to 20. It was scary there for a little bit. Were you sweating that Saturday evening? No. Of course not. Because I'm only a vicarious fan. But I was very happy for my girlfriend's team to continue their victorious ways. And the second half, that's kind of been the story for Florida State. Um, They they find their offense in the second half. It was was, uh, an easy breezy evening here. Once we got back and got to, we got to actually see a good team win a football game. That was good. Right. Oh, who did Florida State play? They played Duke. They won thirty-eight to twenty. Um, <laughs> there was there was some question on the internet if Florida State would have still won if Riley Leonard did not get hurt. But but I don't I don't know. I think Florida State kind of had that one in the bag. Is Long Riley Leonard back. still hurt? He played and then he got hurt again. <laughs> So, like, going forward, is he going to play next week? Because uh, oh, no, I, think... I think he's playing. Okay, yeah. all right, good. Because 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 that 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 might all right all right. Yeah. I believe that he is playing for future pick purposes, Kevin. <laughs> yep, yep. Also, um, uh, I I apologize for burping right into the mic. I thought that <laughs> shit was uh, muted. My bad, gal. <laughs> it, it happens. It happens. <laughs> um, great podcasting. Apologize. Uh, I've been up since 4 a.m. <laughs> um, other teams did struggle though. Oklahoma struggled with UCF. Had to pull. Had to win in a late one, 31-29. Washington struggled with Arizona State, 15 to seven. Was the man? Yes, did not see that one coming. Well, and you want to talk about another no call? There was a serious pi that was overlooked yep. in that game. 
Yep. I mean, mm. Washington barely keeping their Pac-12 championship hopes alive. Texas struggled against Houston, 31-24. to Texas took a huge shot in that game, though. Quinn Ewers with the Speaking of AC. shots, yep. That's right. Time for you to take another one. Um, with, with the AC joint, I believe he has a sprained shoulder or something along those lines. They're saying, is it Arch to... Manning time? I don't know. That's what Steve Sarkeesian said. He said, uh, Malik Murphy, um, ended up finishing the game for Texas. Uh, but Steve Sarkeesian said it'll, it'll be Malik Murphy and Arch Manning playing. So I think we're going to get to see the arch maybe this weekend. Uh, but that's a, that's a shot in the nads there for Texas um, and my Heisman futures on Quinn Ewers. Um, Man, Texas might might be one of those teams that just plummets in the yeah. polls. It'll it'll determine to see. I mean, I don't think they have Barry Barry. I don't. Have, I know they have Kansas State in two weeks. Um, yeah. So so uh, yeah. It, so uh, yeah. They they've already gotten past Oklahoma. So so they. Might not have a have a murderer's row or anything like that. Right. So, so and, and they yeah. did say that Ewers were supposed to be back this season. So, allegedly, maybe he'll be back in time for that hopeful Texas Oklahoma rematch. Um, and then a top ten team lost. North Carolina lost to a team that had one win before they beat North Carolina Chew. in Virginia. Thirty, they lost thirty-one to twenty-seven. Um, so what a loss too. Bad week for the ACC. Now I think I think Florida State, I think that like the teams that are like quote unquote alive in in the playoff race would be like Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Oklahoma, Texas, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Georgia, and like Alabama. I think that's it. Um which is wild. Uh, but we can look forward to the next week. We could dive into our pub dubs, actually, Justin. I'm sure you got these games. It, it, it's it, it's it, it's interesting. It's like um uh Cade Williams, uh Drake Mays, Michael Penix. Uh, these are supposed to be the quarterbacks that are supposed to sit atop the NFL draft, and of course they will because NFL teams they want and need the quote-unquote quarterback of the future. Has anybody been blown away by any of them this season? I mean, like like maybe Michael Penix? Question yeah, mark? Michael. I'm going to say his name the right way. <laughs> I think Michael Penix <laughs> oh, has, has had a really good season aside from that Arizona State game. Drake may had has had a really good season, uh, but you know sometimes you have bad games. I'll tell you who's benefiting a lot from these quarterbacks struggling is Marvin Harrison Jr. He's oh god yes yes he might yes. go number one. Yeah, honestly, he should go number one, but no wide receiver will go number one. Right. I mean, the Bears have the first pick. Should have uh, the first. Uh, honestly, with the way it's set up right now, the Bears have the first uh, one and two picks. in the second pick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they can get uh, they can get uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, whatever quarterback they want. 
But but going back to taking uh, Drake Mays, it's like, yeah, he has all these stats. You know who else had uh, had these stats? It's like what was uh what was the other quarterback that the uh, that the Bears took out of uh, out of uh, hey, North hey, Carolina? Hey, oh oh, I thought you were talking about Justin Fields. I was like, leave him alone. He's doing just fine. No, no, is is somebody who has him on my fantasy team in a keepers league? I am I am going to believe that he is doing okay, but but. but Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky, right. that was that was the guy that. that, that uh, but uh, but honestly, okay, like 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 saying it out loud, Mitch Trubisky had uh, had one good season at North Carolina, as opposed to Drake Mays, who's had a pretty good career at uh, at, at uh, North Carolina. So so not the same thing. I uh, retract my statement. How about we get to the pub dubs? Let's get to the pub dubs, Justin. Uh, Lead us off, man. You're you're the pub dub man. So you tell us, tell the people what happened last week, would you, please? Well, first of all, I'd like to welcome everyone to Pub Dubs Week Nine, presented by Circuit City. In Week Eight, <laughs> the results oh, <laughs> were as follows: Kevin came through with another big win, going six and four. Justin kept it right down the middle of the fairway, going five and five. Still lost the game to Kevin, but made up a couple games on Landon, who ended up going three and seven, but did not stoop to the lows of one Tom from Hyperion Adventures podcast. That's bullshit. I entered my picks perfectly. Y'all just didn't enter them perfectly. Oh, I read them in all caps, just like you entered them. Oh, no, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Overall records, Kevin is now 12 and eight. Justin. 9-11, 9-11, never forget. Landon won't forget because he's also 9-11. Moving on. That's, that's, that's insensitive. At hand. <laughs> it is week nine, and we start with college You're going to get canceled. We're going lightning round. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start with number eight, Oregon, at number 13, Utah. As we just heard, Cam Rising is not rising from the bench. <laughs> he's out for the year. Oregon, <laughs> minus six and a half. On the road. Kevin loves to say you should always pick a road dog. So, Kevin, I guess I'm going to pick Utah for you. Is that right? No. Uh, 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 <laughs> not when, No Cam Rising, no Utah for Kevin. The Utah defense has been really good this season. Um, and the backup quarterback, Bryson Barnes, has proven to be a good enough game manager for the Utah defense to kind of cover them or carry them. But uh, I think Oregon's got a good offense, the best offense that Utah's seen. I have a better defense than Utah seen, and I think Oregon's going to be pretty easily uh, get get pretty easy win for the Ducks. So, yep. So you're saying the points are a little low, maybe? I think the points are very low. Landon, do you agree? Uh, yeah, give me Oregon to take care of business. Also, I am drinking a uh, peach cobbler sour from Zool. I normally like what Zool does, but this is dog trash. Oh, my God. Oh, well, I might, I might vomit. This is. I'll gross. counter that by telling you I am drinking Southern Tier Brewing Company's Pump King Imperial. Okay, Pump I'm King. definitely vomiting now. And it's eight point six percent, and it is delicious. So good. Uh, this is six point four. So you got me beat on that one, buddy. Um, I'm also I'm drinking water. Oregon. I'm gonna also pick Oregon. Boo! <laughs> Um, last week, believe it or not, there were several games that we all picked the same team and 
sometimes in a couple of occasions, those teams found a way to win. So I have, I have figured out that we don't have some magical power where if we all pick the same team, they lose. So I'm going to pick Oregon. Although that Mississippi state game last week, we all picked Arkansas. That was an ugly game. That was a boring ass game to start my Saturday. What did it end up like, 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 like five to four? Seven to three was the final score. It was a pitcher's duel. And what was it a baseball game? Yeah. <laughs> we accidentally picked a preseason baseball game. I um, mean Omaha's, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, gosh. Now we're gonna okay, so we that was we started with the Pac twelve. We're gonna move it over to the Big Twelve uh with a game that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but it's a close one. Oh, Iowa geez. State is visiting Baylor, and again we've got a road uh you we got a home dog situation because Iowa State is minus one. Landon you going to take the Cyclones over those Bears? Oh, I've done zero research for this because I got the notes for this uh, right before we went live. Um, Check your email. Hmm. It, shut up. Um, I mean, uh, if you're going to complain about me, buddy, I can fire it back. I'm drinking pumpkin. Yeah, that, that sounds like a you choice. Also, uh... Uh, King Douchebag uh, looks like Bryce. Uh, uh, Bryce just hit a, a home run and uh, oh, oh did no. he? Yep, one one in uh, bottom of the second uh, in game seven. So, well, no, that was Alec Baum, not Bryce Harper. <laughs> Sorry, all white dudes with long <laughs> hairs look alike to me. Says a white dude with long hair. So. Um, uh, I'm just trying to stall. Um, you want me to go? <sighs> I'll go. Yeah, sure. I'm go. Going the Cyclones. I'm going Iowa State to get that road win. I I will also go with Iowa State. I like. Then I sure, yeah, State yeah. I'll I'll better. go Iowa State. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> At least you know you won't lose a point that way. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> All right. I go, uh, or Landon, you can go first on this one. Uh, now we're we're staying in the in the old uh, big. Give me Purdue because I know Matt Rule sucks. Purdue at Nebraska, Nebraska minus two and a half. Yeah, Matt Rule is a stupid idiot. And you're going Purdue. Yep, because Matt Rule is a stupid ass clown. All right, Kevin, Purdue at Nebraska. I'm going with Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska to defend. Yes, I am. Their cornfield. Um, yeah, I I'm also gonna go Nebraska in this one. Um, so far, so far we're following the points, uh, Kevin and I. But I don't know. I I think both teams are mediocre, but Nebraska's got to do something <laughs> right at some point. So and you know sometimes the well, speaking of mediocre, so as are our picks. Yeah, that's true. Um, Speak for yourself. All right, back to you, <laughs> Kevin. Uh, we are heading to the ACC and referring back to a potential uh, quarterback injury, non-injury, number 20 Duke is visiting number 18 Louisville, who ruined Notre Dame's season on this very field not that long ago. Louisville. Minus four. Kevin, can Duke get revenge on behalf of Notre Dame? Yes, they will. Riley Leonard will play. Jack Harlow ain't going to be there. So he ain't going to be able to like troll on the field and do whatever stupid shit he was doing. I won't have to hear about the Brom brothers and the entire Brom family line being students at Louisville, coaching at Louisville, being the janitor at Louisville. 
And so I think Duke will win. Robbie Leonard is going to play. Blue Devils. Blue Devils. Um, I'm going to go Louisville to defend the home turf. Uh, I think Louisville is just a more solid team. And when it's a, I, I think it's it's a pretty even matchup, but they're at home. And I think Jack Harlow will be there, and that's going to fire them up. And they're going to win. The fighting Jack Harlows are going to win. It's pronounced Louisville. Over Louisville. the Blue Dukies. Landon, what do you think? Um, uh, Jack Harlow will be saying, Duke is the shit. Uh, give me the Dukies. Dukies. Ooh, yeah, baby. baby. Okay. And now we get to it. Tennessee at Kentucky. Tennessee minus three. You got a home dog here, Kevin. I know you want to pick against Tennessee. Landon gets to go first. Landon. What do you think? Tennessee, the volu- the fighting volunteers, are are they going to bounce back and take down the lowly, wounded, ugly piece of crap, checkerboard-stealing Kentucky Wildcats? There are a few things in life that I know for sure. Death, taxes, and Tennessee taking care of business against Kentucky. Give me the good guys in orange. I don't even care what colors of unis they wear in i hope they wear pink because real men wear kevin what do you think that was a very confident vote from landon and kind of scares me a little bit i i don't i this is going to be much closer than i was i think last week wasn't i yeah (laughs) yep you're right um i think this is going to be a lot closer than a lot of tennessee fans think um Ray Davis is the best running back in the SEC. Um, And Jace McClellan kind of had a pretty good game against our defense last week. I I think Kentucky saw that. Kentucky likes what they saw there. We're going to get a lot of Ray Davis. Unfortunately, Will Jeans is not the quarterback at Kentucky. Um, I'm not saying Devin Leary is much better, but he's there. So I, I, if we kind of put our throats down on our, our foot on their throat and and come out scoring early and often, I, I think we're going to take care of business. If we let Kentucky hang dancing. around, yep. I think if we let Kentucky hang around, we uh we might we might lose. I will say Do it. I Do I it. Do it. I think we're going to win. I think we'll take care of business. There I think we'll win. What a wimpy pick, Kevin! I Seriously, I I I, 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 I listen. Pick your man. dress up, come on. Okay, what? I'll say it. I think Kentucky wins. I think Kentucky okay. wins. Right. I'm I'm right. down bad. I think Kentucky I love wins. It. Tennessee hurt me Saturday. I love it. I'm glad they hurt you. They excited. hurt you. I'm excited to pick up. They the hurt right. you, Kevin. Okay. Yep, they hurt this me. This proves. That you are the the youngster among the Tennessee fans here on the podcast because you you if you've got the history if you've seen over the years you know as a Tennessee fan how snake bit we are in the swamp like you can't apply that to Kentucky it's just Kentucky doesn't beat Tennessee Tennessee vol for life all over the world say Tennessee beats Kentucky that's what we do we don't lose to Kentucky. Kentucky plays football. They wish they could be like Big Brother, but they can't. They'll never be 
They will yep. never, but they want to be. And they know, get those man. little wins. I, I, I want to believe. Mm-hmm. I do believe you, Justin. And they mm-hmm. love love to get those early season wins and Mark Stoops feeling really good about his team. And then guess what? Reality called Tennessee comes and smacks him in the face and says, sit down. You <laughs> Build are not- up that win count, y'all. We're coming are- in seven and one. And here comes Josh Heupel. He's going to blow y'all down now. Also, Josh Heupel hasn't lost back-to-back games at Tennessee. He's not going to do it now. As You're he, right. You're right. You're right. I'm just down bad. You know, just let That's me fine. be down bad. Doesn't that mean name. you're horny? No, 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 no. That means I'm sad. Um, I, I, Are I, you I, sure? I, yes, I'm positive. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm not, like, like I, 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 I really don't want to go uh, like, like below the surface and find out. Oh wow, Kevin really is horny. I'm gonna back no, off now. No, right. no, I'm sad. I'm sad. Okay, All right. <laughs> uh, like I said, Tennessee hurt me. Things, and, Kevin. Yeah, I could. Yeah, but that I'm is not. true. It can't be two things. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not though. Um, I, I'm sad and boned up. Here we go. Mm. <laughs> well, look, college football gets me going. <laughs> bottom line, uh, when Kevin said there that he that uh, there's a lot of Tennessee fans that are feeling more confident than him, he's he's really talking about me. I don't care what Ray Davis saw last week. I hope he saw how Alabama ran against Tennessee. Guess what? Kentucky's not Alabama, and our defensive line has been playing beautifully this year. Our defense has been playing great. We had one like awful, stinky half of football against Alabama. But aside, no, from no, that, no, they had one quarter. Regardless, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. That it's an. It's all I'm saying is it's anomaly. And this and Tennessee's a good team, and we're going to win that game going away. And and Kentucky, I hope Ray it Davis. crushes. I hope it crushes their spirit forever. I hope you're um, right. I hope God, you're right. I just gross. I just, I just <laughs> if they come out in their black jerseys. I'm gonna get very nervous. I'll start sweating. Why? Because oh wow! Because we did that last year to them. We did the exact same thing again. Again, they're trying to act like Big Brother. Exactly. Exactly. How cute! (laughs) Yeah. Suck a dick, Kentucky. Okay, Sunday. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) We're moving on to the NFL, and now we've got games that (laughs) I feel even less confident about. Um, Falcons, uh, the Falcons are traveling to Nashville, so they won't be at home where Desmond Ritter has now lost, but we can't talk about that anymore. They're going to be playing in Nashville against the Titans, but Atlanta is still oh, favored no. by a point. Oh, no. Um, I'm going to pick first. I'm going to, I am going to go with the Falcons in this one. Um, I feel like they owe me one because I picked against them and I, I had to learn a lesson the hard, hard way. I need, I need Desmond Ritter to win this game on the road. Landon, what do you think about the Titans and Falcons? Go to Kevin first. Kevin, what do you think I'm about going the Titans? With the Falcons, and I don't think it's going to be very close. Okay, that didn't buy you a lot of time. This is like when you don't know what you're going to order. I'm, I'm sorry, Landon. I think that the Titans losing Ryan Tannehill is going to end up biting them in the rear end. I think Malik Willis and Will Jeans are dog shit, um, and. Bijan Robinson is not going to be sick anymore or injured or whatever he was last week that he didn't play. Uh, and I think the Falcons come up to Nissan. Okay, Stadium, well, first of all, the on the Atlanta stopping. side, Bijan Robinson, it's like the reason he wasn't released is because Arthur Robinson is a stupid idiot coach who's like, hey, guess what? 
We spent three first-round picks on Bijan Robinson, Drake London, and uh, Kyle. Uh, uh, oh fuck! What's what's Pitts? What, Pitts. Pitts. Kyle Pitts, and we're not going to use any of them. That's the problem with the Falcons. But the reason that I'm moaning and groaning is because I honestly the lead. No, no, oh. no, 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 they haven't. Um, I honestly don't know if by the time this podcast gets posted, if Derrick Henry's still going to be a Titan. Ooh. Oh, shit. <laughs> and shit. if Derrick Henry's not a Titan, I'm going to drink all of y'all's tears. <laughs> and, and is a Titans fan, um, that, destroys me um i talked to mike keith the voice of the titans at my job today uh he says by the way the uh, phil show news talk 987 uh he says this is not the sign of a full-blown rebuild stage you can check that out go check out the phil show uh podcast um, he says this is a redirection of the podcast or the, of the franchise, but he says that after Kevin Byard, an all pro safety, one of the best in the game, the mayor of Murfreesboro got dealt from Tennessee. He says that the phones in Nashville are way more active than they were 24 hours ago. If they trade Derrick Henry, I will laugh very hard. Sorry, Landon. I know you're a Titans fan, but I'll still laugh. Part of me wants them to, if I'm being completely honest. Like, like if, if, if you're going into a rebuild, get everything you can. But you know what? Give me the Titans. <laughs> Titans at home. They take care of business. I don't even know who the fuck their quarterback is going to be. But I have faith. As of this recording, uh, October 24th, um, uh, the, the king is going to be in the backfield. Um, he is going to do his thing. And also, Desmond Ritter is not a NFL quarterback. So there we go. Landon talking about the Mike Keith story. It, it was the pace of it and the tone. It felt like a bedtime story. I, I, I started to doze I was on off the edge then, of my seat, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, give me the Titans! It really jolted me away. Tighten up! All right, Vikings at Packers, Green Bay minus one and a half. Landon, you go first on this one. Um, rivalry game is Green Bay and Jordan Love. Will they defend the frozen tundra? Uh, give me the Vikings. Uh, the Jordan Love experiment seems to be going. Very sideway. Uh, everybody in Green Bay has to be 
scratching their head and wondering what is going to be the next step because I cannot think that the next step is going to be Jordan Love. And uh, I know, uh, you know, Kirk uh, might not be there next season for the Vikings, but, you know, he's there right now and they have a lot of weapons. Uh, Jordan Addison had a hell of a showing on Monday Night Football, so give me the Vikings to take care of business against the Packers on their uh, NFC North division people. All right. Kevin, Purple People Eaters versus the Cheeseheads. The Vikings just beat the 49ers on Monday Night Football. And what time is this game, Justin? Do you know? I think it's one o'clock. Oh, so it ain't primetime Kirk. I like the Packers. I like the Packers. If it's not primetime Kirk Cousins, going with the Packers. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, the loss of Justin Jefferson certainly hurts, but the Vikings do have a lot of weapons, and um, I I uh, I I believe a little more in in a close game like this. I always look at the quarterbacks, and I think I believe more in Kirk Cousins than I do Jordan Love. So. I will go Vikings. That'll take us to the Battle of New Jersey. The Jets, at, should we say at the Giants? It's in the same stadium. The Giants are the home team. The Lord. New York Jets are the favorite, minus three points. Somebody has to win this game. <laughs> Someone has to score a point or two. Hopefully it's Jalen Hyatt. <laughs> Do Kevin, they? You... Remember, the NFL can end in ties. It could. That's true. Kevin. Do you think someone will score and win a decisive victory? Or do you want to call it a tie? Oh, I, I might. I might call it a tie. Uh, I, no, I think I'm going to go with the Giants. I think Saquon Plain is is going to be the, the difference maker there. And, and, you know, he'll be the best player on the field far and away. Uh, the Jets, both these teams suck. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with the Giants to, to get it done. The the New York Saquon Barclays. The New York Saquon Barclays versus the New York Garrett Wilsons. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, uh, I, I, I think I'm gonna go Jets because I think their defense is a little bit better, and so leaning on the defense, I go Jets. Landon. Jets. Uh, we talk about how both of these teams do suck, and. Well, they kind of do, uh, but I do know who one of these teams' quarterbacks is going to be, and I mean, you know, it's not exactly, you know, one of these things that you're going to run home and tell your mom about, but I do think in this instance, this offense at least knows how to function with this quarterback uh, with the Jets, so give me him um, uh, and... Uh, yeah, specifically Zach Wilson. Yeah, actually, you would tell your mom about him. You know, he likes to. He does. Oh like yes, Zach moms. Wilson loves the moms. That that is that is a good call. Uh, Bazinga, good call. And uh, yeah, <laughs> all right. Landon takes Zach Wilson to win that. No, no, I. You assholes. What you took the Jets, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, but you, I'm just saying. You said it was going to be Zach Wilson, so I'm giving you Zach Wilson. You get, you'll still get points for the Jets. Don't worry. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I, all right. Just, just, just double check. 
It's the Wilson to Wilson combo. All mm-hmm. right. Um, Jaguars at Steelers. Now, um, you know, I've got a lot of fans around here that are my friends that I work with or people that I've met that are big Jaguar fans. I, I haven't necessarily jumped on board with that. I don't, and I don't believe it. Um, the Jaguars, of course, are always away unless they're playing in London. Um, but in this case, they're traveling up to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the favorite, minus one and a half. Um, I don't think, I, you know, every time that we've had a Steelers game, I've, I, my thought is the Steelers are not very good and I've picked against them. And I'm not going to do that. They're the home dog and I'm going with the Steelers uh, to win this game. I think Jacksonville's been a little inconsistent. I think Trevor Lawrence, he shows flashes of being that franchise quarterback that the Jacksonville Jaguars hoped you'd be, but just not consistently. So I think I'm going to go Steelers in this one to get the win at home. I like Mike Tomlin. I think he's a great coach. Mm. So, Kevin, your turn. That's a good pick, Justin. That's a very good pick. Uh, Home doggy. You know what they say, the home doggy barks. Uh, Like my doggies are barking. So I'm going to go with the Steelers as well. <laughs> right, I think that pick. defense is going to be wondrous for Pittsburgh. Hmm. A thoughtful side. I do like the Jacksonville offense, but you are right that they are inconsistent. But on the flip side, the Steelers are just so dang like, what the hell is going on over there? And then when triple zeros hit the scoreboard, you just look up. It's like, oh, look at that. They won. Um, hmm. Give me the Jags. All right. Opportunity for Landon to get a point on both of us in that one. Give me the Jags, yeah. I'll feel good about it, but give me the Jaguars. All right, Landon, you get to kick us off on the final pick, which is the Browns at Seahawks. Seattle, minus two and a half against the Browns, who have inexplicably inexplicably (laughs) continued to win, even though Deshaun Watson has been out. Uh, yeah, Dodgers. who knows who their quarterback is, their running back, their wide receivers, any of their players. Like, the Browns are practically a freaking mash unit at this point. And yet, putting up dubs. I mean, they, they keep winning. How does this happen? And they're they're only a two-and-a-half-point road dog. Okay, all right. Uh <laughs> the picks are causing Landon pain. <laughs> no. <laughs> because I haven't had a chance to... Mm. I would offer to go, but I'm not going to give you my pick. <laughs> like, it wouldn't matter. Come on, man. Um, All right. Uh, you want me to go? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, after that, absolutely not. <laughs> Suck on it. Um, I am going to go. Oh. 
I'm going to go Seattle. I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> and it's a patient. patient. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and you can tell I totally believed in that. Seahawks with a question mark. I'm putting it down. Yep. Um, I think you're right. I'm going to go Seahawks as well, Landon. Um, but I, think- I do like the Brownies. Their defense is great. I mean, like, like. They they just lost uh, lost Jerome Ford after they uh, lost uh, freaking Nick Chubb uh, in, in, in the running back position where where it just apparently everybody runs for like 150 yards and a couple touchdowns and my God if Deshaun Watson actually was a decent human being and a good quarterback they might be one of the best teams in the in the whole damn league yeah that's true. Kevin, you get the final word. Browns at Seahawks. I'll tell you who is one of the best teams in the whole league, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. So that's who I'm going with. I'm going with Seattle. They're going at home. No question marks on my pick. Uh, pretty easy win here for Seattle. They're wearing, I believe they're wearing their retro gray uniforms, too, that are sexy. I'm going with Seattle. So you so you do have a bonus. Now I do. We've confirmed about the Seahawks jerseys. By there the way, I just want to say, out of all the picks that we did this week, I always check the FPI and just see what the percentage is on ESPN. Guess which team has the highest percentage chance to win out of all of these teams that we picked? Zach Wilson. It's Tennessee. I was about to say, was it NFL or college? It's both. Between both. I would have guessed Tennessee. I would have guessed Tennessee. Tennessee has a 70.8% chance to beat Kentucky. And Kevin feels wishy-washy. Come on, oh, just to let you it. know, Notre Dame had a 78% chance to beat Louisville. And we saw how that turned out. Well, but they're Notre Dame. <laughs> By the way, take that uh, question mark off my Seahawks pick. Nice. <laughs> I, before, before we get out of the pub dub section, I did want to say I, I, I'm not calling three upsets, but I'm calling three upsets. I'm not. Actually, I'm not. I'm calling that Wake Forest, Florida State is going to be a much closer game than people think. Okay. Wake Forest, close game. I'm calling Florida to beat Georgia. That is an upset. And I'm calling Kansas to beat Oklahoma. You heard it here first. Wow. Kansas over Oklahoma and Florida State and Wake Forest a lot closer game. When we have a schedule of college football that looks kind of like duddy, you kind of get these games that kind of make it better. And I, I think those are the three games that people are going to be like, holy cow. And Oklahoma's dying to get a loss on their schedule. Kansas is going to do it. Um, real well, hey, quick. Yeah, before we get out of here, are we going to just do a quick, like, uh, let, yep. let's pick the World Series? <laughs> yep, yep. I was just about to say, real quick, yep. we're going to dive into the World Series. I mean, we've, we've only gone an hour and 21 minutes, so we've, we've done well. Um, By the way, 1-1 one, one in the uh, bottom yeah. of the Fourth with zero out, so you know, yeah. Game uh, seven. The Justin, correctly, I believe you called the Texas Rangers advancing to the World Series from I the did. American League. Uh, a, a true genius. Congratulations um, to me. Yes, of course. <laughs> as as a Yankees fan, it was very nice to see the Houston Astros dynasty die last night, um, and so that that brought great joy to me. Um, so they'll be representing the American League. As of recording, we don't know who's going to be representing the National League. I believe it's going to be the Phillies, but it could be the the Arizona Diamond Douchebags, um, D bags, uh, <laughs> Diamondbacks. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> so it's an inside joke. 
Uh, yeah, you wouldn't get it. You had to be in the chat. You had to be there. Um, so I will say, uh, let's just say if the matchup is Texas and Arizona, and then let's, let's say if the matchup is Texas and Philadelphia. How about that? That way we have all the bases. Covered. Oh, I think each one of us has to say what the World Series is going to be and then pick a winner. Oh, that's scary. Okay. Too bad. Um, we're on a podcast. Okay. All, right. all right. You're the smart one. You're the baseball guy. Go ahead. Start us off. It's gonna be the it's gonna be the the Phillies and Rangers and the Rangers are gonna win in six. Woo! Woo! Rangers getting done at home in six. I like yeah. it. Uh, Landon, Landon, what do you think? Boo! Okay. Uh, can you answer me a quick question? Who has home field advantage? The American League. The American League. Okay. That would be um, the Texas Rangers, where they play Creed. <laughs> Where uh where the Rangers inexplicably can't win uh at home. So uh oof. Okay, True. give me time they won't be playing Houston. Give me the Diamondbacks in seven. Oh I like it. I like it. As a Yankees fan that brings back some PTSD, but I like it. Um, As a matter of fact, I'm going to see what the odds are on that on FanDuel right now. Yeah. Give me the Philadelphia Phillies in five. Oh, I love I love that we have three different teams. That's good. That's fun. Yep. I So, yeah, I, I think the Phillies have the pitching. They have the lineup. Uh, and I, that man, Bryce Harper, is a man on a mission. So give me Phillies and five, Bryce Harper World Series MVP. You heard it here first. We but need with to, that. Yeah, we every week I think um we need to give some sort of a bet the mortgage thing. Did we do that this week? Which oh, Kevin, I'm I just we just need one bet the mortgage pick. Bet the mortgage. Oh shit. Um and then we can wrap it up. Yep. Uh, you also, know. you motherfuckers need to put my name in the intro. I'm just saying that. Yeah, we will. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, you will? Or you're yeah. gonna? The checks no, we're money. gonna. <laughs> the checks. The... <laughs> Damn um, right. <laughs> uh, bet the mortgage on... Landon, are you on FanDuel right now? I, I am currently on FanDuel trying to find... Can you tell me the Tennessee basketball win-loss over-under real quick? On On what? Tennessee basketball win loss over under. Okay, all right. Give me one second. Uh, this might be my bet the mortgage bet, folks. Wow. If, okay. If right. Where I like. Yeah, this is going to be an edit. Sorry, buddy. Looking for it. It's okay. We'll, we'll I'll, I'll fill some time. Um, there's really no no college football games that I. I mean, you guys heard me. I'm very worried about Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, I have two upsets, so I'm not going to say bet the mortgage on an upset, because then you'll lose your house and you'll be mad at me when you're homeless. Um, Paul. Paul's the one who wants to bet the mortgage picks in the... In I know, the I know, Paul. I'm get, I'm getting it to you. I just need my guy to give me the Tennessee men's basketball over under wins, if he can grab it for me. Um, Speaking of basketball, we're going to have a college, football ba- college basketball preview next week, so if you're a Hoops fan, tune in to that. If I'm going to have to go to the website. Hold on. I can't find it on the app. It's okay. I'll do it next week. That'll be my bet next week. No, no, no. Hold on. This week, this week, I'll give you my best bet 
my bet the mortgage bet. Oh, of course. Notre Dame minus 20 against Pittsburgh. Easy. Easy. Easy money. I wish I would have. I, I remember that Notre Dame plays Pittsburgh in South Bend. They're favored by 20 points. 3.30 kickoff. NBC in case you want to watch. Uh, Notre Dame's going to wax pit. So, Notre Dame. Oh, they're going to wax the pits. Uh, you know, they're going to wax the pits. <laughs> <laughs> That's very uh, Michael Phelps of them. So do, yep, do yep. Irish, 20 points. Easy, easy money. Paul, bet your mortgage on it because you're going to double your mortgage. Then you can pay your mortgage for next month and this month. Boom. You know, I never really thought about what bet the mortgage meant. Like, does it mean you're betting that single mortgage payment or you're betting like your the the value of your the home? entire mortgage? <laughs> yeah, the entire mortgage. So, okay. like, you you take the the you know the title of your house. Yep, put it up, and you take it to Fanduel and you put it down and say, "I want to place this value of a bet." Okay. Like, if you wanted to uh, bet a Tennessee basketball uh, to win the entire. Dagon tournament that's a plus two thousand right now. <laughs> nope. Do not bet the mortgage on that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. And and that comes from several Tennessee basketball fans. Don't do that. You know, do not do that. Anyway, right. do that. with that, we're gonna wrap it up. We want to thank you guys once again for giving us a listen, letting us talk some sports with you guys, letting us complain about the referees and the Tennessee volunteers. Uh, for all you basketball fans, uh, next week, like I said, college basketball preview. Uh, we might slip a little NBA talk in there as the basketball, the NBA season is tipping off this evening. I want to thank Justin and Landon once again for dealing with me, talking sports with me, being my great co-host. Mm-hmm. And uh, another huge shout-out to producer Joe. Oh, Joe! undefeated. 25th ranked JMU Dukes still rolling. Go Dukes. He's, he's a true Dukey, fan of baby. JMU. Unlike Justin, who's a vicarious fan of Florida State, That's Joe it. is a true JMU Duke, so congrats to him. He's undefeated. Uh, and be sure to follow us on the socials at Boozy Sports Pod. We hope you enjoy your weekend of football, and thank you for listening once again. Bye-bye. Go Vols. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of Moonshine and Scoreboards. Moonshine and Scoreboards is a Tri-M production and is hosted by Kevin Scott, Landon Doan, and Justin Krutzinger. Our engineer is Joe the Engineer. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcast, or anywhere you get your podcast. You can email us at moonshineandscoreboards at gmail.com. Subscribe, tell a friend, and come back next week for all of the fun, the games, the moonshine, and, of course, the scoreboards. Scoreboards.